Hello and welcome to the Mind Springs podcast with me, Alastair Appleton. I hope you enjoy what you hear, and if you'd like to find out more about us, then visit mind-springs.org. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to distinguish what kind of self we're talking about. Um, you know, a lot of that spine work was concerned with what we call the higher self, so the um, the self that um, is not um, I, me, mine, but is more like uh, the centre of our awareness. Because there's no doubt that we do have a, we are localised. You know, you, Jackie, can't see the world through my eyes, and I can't see the world through your eyes. You know, I'm, uh, it seems that this self-experience is limited um, to our body, you know, it's linked to our body, it arises because we have bodies and minds that move in a world, in this human incarnation at least. And so the spine work was really uh, identifying that if you were going to pick anything as the centre of your uh, experiencing, then the spine would be a good candidate, because it's the central line that runs up the middle of your body. So as we were discussing at the weekend, it's, it's not really that there, it's, it's not that there isn't a self, or that there is a self. The Buddha was very um, uh, specific about that. He, he didn't say that there wasn't a self, and he didn't say that there was a self, because it's somewhere in between. That clearly that there is a you, but it's, um, it's the mental construct of the you that is the problem. It's what Locke Kelly calls the self-identification. That when we limit ourselves to our idea of ourselves, then we have problems. That was the image that came to me over the weekend was that it's a bit like salt. You know, we, we need a little bit of salt in food, maybe to give it some flavour. But too much salt is bad for us and spoils everything. And it's a bit like that with the self. <laughs> the self is, you know, it's a useful organising uh, principle, obviously it allows us to communicate with other people, but too much self spoils the meal. <laughs> too much self gets in the way and ends up giving us heart, heartache. I don't know if that, that helps. Because I think what what can happen is that we, you know, at the beginning, certainly this is my case, I can't speak for any other people, but like people who come to Buddhism, they get a bit gung-ho with the no-self. So nothing, there, you know, no self, no self. I remember having this very heated argument with a, a monk at Chithurst who dared to suggest that, you know, what we experienced on the, on the, um, on the mat was like being with God. And I'd come from this you know, Christian background where I was like, oh, you know, the, the, the thing that attracted me to Buddhism was that there wasn't a God. And I got very het up, and he sort of very sweetly sort of just went, oh, okay. <laughs> and he could see that I was very caught up in my idea of no self or no God or no ultimate. Um, but it's just an idea. And as always, in the... 
in the canon, in the, you know, the way of Buddhist thinking and, and this whole kind of field, it's, it doesn't really, the ideas really don't matter. It's the, if you like, the net experience of being human. Do you feel connected and warm and alive? Or do you feel shut down, isolated and cold? It's a, it's a sort of scratch and sniff uh, philosophy. No, absolutely. And this is the, you know, this is the um, insight that we have when we, you know, in, in my terms, when you do the four fields work, you see, oh, you know, it's actually my physical jumpiness that is making me think in this way. And actually those continued, continuing to think in this way is, is agitating my jumpiness even more. Um, and so this can be, you know, this is a very powerful uncoupling, you're unhooking those, those two things. And I suppose then there's, there's this extra step that we're looking at is that actually one of the reasons that physical jumpiness leads to jumpy thoughts, the sort of missing or, of, or often invisible link of those two things is the subtle thought of, I am feeling jumpy. Because the jumpiness itself is just energy. It's just energy in the body. It's just like jump, 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 jump. In the same way that, you know, it's raining outside or it's this tree, this bay tree is moving in the wind. It's a, just a display of phenomena. And it doesn't have to get hooked into anything. It, it will probably just run its course. The jumpiness will, you know, like a kangaroo that gets tired, it will eventually stop jumping and turn into something else. But as soon as we peg it with I, which is a subtle thought really, no more than that, and you say, oh, this is my jumpiness, my body is jumpy, I'm feeling jumpy, you can probably even sense how that, you know, that ratchets everything up. Jumpiness is one thing, but my jumpiness is something else. I'm feeling jumpy. This solidifies and escalates the jumpiness into something much more serious. But actually, it's just a, a habit of mind. There's no need for us to peg the jumpiness onto a self. And if we remove that peg, if we take out the self and we just go, okay, there's jumpiness, then you might find that, that it doesn't then, it doesn't, there's nothing for it to get stuck in or get its you know, claws into. So there's no, no thinking arises because there's no self, there's no Valerie that has to worry about being jumpy, for example. This is the, if you like, the, the linchpin. There's a beautiful uh, metaphor, sorry, I've been doing lots of Dharma reading, there's a beautiful metaphor in the Pali Canon where the, the Buddha, when he attains enlightenment, says, I, you know, I am I'm free. I have shattered the crossbeam that holds up the roof of my ego. So it's this, this idea that, you know, when you smash the crossbeam of a roof, you know, the whole roof falls down. And it's the same in, the, in this practice, that when we pull out the pin and we shatter and smash 
or break the, the cross beam of uh, selfing, this habit of putting a self into everything, then the whole you know, structure of our suffering self falls, falls down because there's no, there's no self to suffer. And um, that, that might sound very grand and abstract, but we can do that all the time. Every time we get caught up in something, we go, okay, let me just pull out the pin of I. You know, it's not sadness, it's not my sadness, or I'm sad, it's just sadness. And almost always we feel a, a sense of liberation, a sense of dispersal. It doesn't have this... Um, like grit, like a bit of grit in a pearl, and the pearl forms around it. So the, the idea of I, of, of Alistairness or Valeriness, you know, is the piece of grit around which our suffering self builds itself up, sort of an anti-pearl. <laughs> and um, we can do this on, in small measures where we, when we meditate and we notice, oh, in the middle of this big storm of thinking or feeling or agitation, what happens if I just remove the pin of Alistair? This feeling of heaviness or this tiredness or this irritation. It's not Alistair's irritation. It's not I am irritated, but it's just irritation. It's not my thoughts. It's just thoughts. And so this subtle thought, I mean, the, the, the selfing is a kind of thinking, just a subtle kind of thinking. It's something we can choose to stop. We just go, okay, I'm not going to self this. I'm just going to let it be. And the, and the net result is almost always relaxation. There's a great sense of like, oh, well, that's a whole lot easier. And I've taken out the self pin. <laughs> no, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, what a what a wonderful liberation. You know, when there's no self, or when we get out of the habit of. I mean, I, I just want to emphasize that because there's no self. It's self in inverted commas almost when I say that, because of course it's not that you stop existing. What happens is you exist at a much more freer and more liberated and sort of playful, joyful. Um, amplitude. You, know, you keep on existing, we keep on existing, you know, life goes on, but it's just this uh, small clampy idea that sort of, it's like too much salt. It's like too much salt in a delicious meal. It just spoils it. And this, this kind of wormy idea of self, and it's the idea of self that's the problem, not, not your self-experience. Um, Kind of, it, you know, it, I don't want to use the word infect because that sounds a little, but it sort of infects your self experience. Your, your object number one becomes all spoilt, over salted, because there's too much self. And it's, it's just a habit, it's a mental habit. This is the great insight of the Buddha that it's, it's not a thing, there is no thing self. It's a habit of mind, it's something that we do. Say that Buckminster Fuller quote that's, you know, oh, I've, I've discovered that I am a verb rather than a noun. You know. I is created moment by moment by just this habit of 
mind. We don't really need to do it. We can stop. We can stop selfing and just see what happens and nothing will happen. Things will get better. <laughs> but we sort of just got into the habit of thinking that if we stop selfing, we're going to stop existing. But that's not the same thing. Being and selfing are different activities. One is wondrous and very, very big, and the other one is rather small and monotonous. Thank you for listening. And if you'd like to join our live sessions, you can at mindsprings-practicespace.org. Also, if you feel inspired to give us a review or a rating, we'd really appreciate it. It helps other people find us.